this capitalistic state. So welcome <laughs> everyone to Freightonomics this Thursday at noon if you are watching us live on Freightways.com. Uh, I'm Zach Strickland, head of freight market intelligence. Here with me as always, chief economist Anthony Smith. We're here to talk about freight and the macroeconomic environment and the context of supply chain management as well. So Anthony, it's, you know, <clears throat> today's show, before we dive into it, just to set the tone, uh, lots of industry reports <laughs> coming out. And, you know, we were talking before the show, we feel like we've answered these questions quite a bit over time, but we have to recall, we live, this is our job. This is our tunnel. <laughs> this is what we look at every single day. This is, you know, this is our, you know, whatever our role is in the company, this, this is what we do. So we have to remember that a lot of people out there, they're doing other things. <laughs> yeah, they're they're not just watching or refreshing yeah. a, a web page until a release comes out and then looking at what it might mean for, right. you know, six months down the line. So definitely something that we're just, we're inundated with at all times. It's but good time. news for you. Yeah. <laughs> we're here to help you with that for the next 24 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have to spend all the time and energy that we do on uh, understanding what's going on in the economy, what's going on with the freight market, what's going on with all these different opinions and articles. We're here to make sense of it for you. And today we're going to do that. Uh, but first, Anthony, do you want to talk to the people? That's right. So I'm looking down right now and we're live on LinkedIn at the time of this recording. If you're watching, we're streaming. Uh, it's 12 Eastern Standard Time, 12.01. And if you want to join in on the show, you can join in on LinkedIn comments, have a question, have a comment. You're seeing something that hasn't been really talked about in the headlines just yet. Make a call. Anything you want to do, get Zach canceled. You can do it all right here. And so join in on the show. But I'll be looking down from time to time just to monitor that kind of stuff. But first, Zach, we have to give the people that quick update. Let's give them their framework update. Count me in when you're ready. In three, two, one, go. All right, leading off of that OTVI, the outbound tender volume index, measuring demand for trucks in the United States to move that freight. Uh, shipper requests two carriers here that we're counting in this index, uh, rejected and accepted in this one. So you can see demand trends slightly up in may we you know capacity is loose but we're slightly higher in may we saw this happen sequentially from february to march uh we didn't really have a strong deterioration in april or anything significant there we had a little bit of movement downward there towards the end of the month but now we're in this flatlining uh situation with the otvi for following the white line we are above 2018 2019 2020 values right now with total demand that's going to be a hard thing for a lot of people who didn't who weren't paying attention during covid to freight volumes to understand we're actually we're still seeing some decent levels of freight demand let's go to the next chart to explain why this feels relatively loose well rates spot rates that you see there in blue uh and tender rejection rates there in white continue to drop why does this continue to happen? Well, there are simply too many trucks and too many drivers out there uh, in relation to current freight demand. This continues to be a problem and it will continue to be a problem for operators until capacity gets more in alignment with demand. Will demand go up? Will capacity come down? Right now, capacity is on its way down. And these two indices right here, the NTI and OTRI are the key ones to watch. We are still, we're seeing a little bit of a bounce here uh, coming up. Uh, on Memorial Day and road check week, but nothing strong or significant. Let's look at the next chart. 
uh, really quickly. So looking upstream, demand for bookings for container volumes, demand is actually stable to relatively strong right now compared to where it was, uh, you know, a few years ago. And it looks like it might be in a holding pattern. So decent news for anyone thinking about the future. Yeah. Just means that demand side indicators are are holding up right now. <laughs> That's the big part. And it's it's that upstream side. And so we're looking at things, of course, manufacturing, um, which are, are still, even though we're seeing some of these patterns, good news uh, moving forward, there's still going to be, I think, a little, a couple bumps in the road or some rough seas ahead just getting there because we have to think about all the factors that are kind of in place. And that's going to be, of course, interest rates right now. Um, some in inflation is still very sticky. So really, we're looking at that uh, ability to make capital goods expenditures, some that's going to be a little bit more difficult. But it is good to see that what the data is showing that there is some demand there. Yeah. Is it, is it surprising to you that we're seeing a little bit of resilience in demand right now? It, it's not too surprising just yet, because I think there is my call for there to be any kind of significant restructuring or any type of significant reorganization overall, I think from a business side, I think that's going to come in maybe uh, the July, August timeframe. I think that's when we'll really get to see if how, how strongly some companies are holding up, how strong those margins are, and if they'll be able to really withstand and really continue to push forward with either hiring, um, replacing any kind of uh, losses, so retention, or really kind of moving forward with any type of planning for infrastructure, because that's a big part of any type of construction right now. It's been a lot of infrastructure or really any type of capital goods expenditures. Yeah. So to me, the takeaway from that IOTI is more of the same. Yeah. Like, consider yourselves in a holding pattern. <laughs> uh, you know, regardless of, you know, you've got another six to eight weeks. You know, we've got June, we've got July coming up, uh, you know, for domestic uh, transportation providers. It doesn't mean that it's going to be great. <laughs> uh, it just means that right now you can almost apply it forward by a couple of months <laughs> right? Um, because everybody's anticipating. This is what everybody's anticipating. There's a lot of reason to think this is going to just hold <laughs> through the summer. We saw this last year a little bit with the OTBI even where we had this return to seasonal demand. Yeah. Rejection rates didn't rise. They fell. <laughs> but the demand pattern fluctuated. Uh, underneath the overabundance of capacity, right. you know, rates fell in maritime, rates fell in air, rates fell in trucking, rail, right. all of them fell, even when demand kind of bounced a little bit. And it's because there's just so much buffer on capacity. So this is the overriding theme of today's show is we've had several industry reports. So straight into newsonomics. And I'm actually, I've actually pulled a few articles from other publications. I, you know, personally, I'm always on a quest uh, for the truth, uh, regardless of who publishes it. Uh, so I do read other people's things. And, the, you know, the articles we're going to go through today are going to be, I don't say, I don't think that they're really that divergent or anything like that. This is not going to be a right, wrong discussion. This is going to be what details can we pull out <laughs> and actually say this has got some legs behind it. Yeah. Because our own Craig Fuller, CEO, uh, wrote a couple of articles this week. We're only going to talk about the first one today. Uh, but they're all uh, regarding like the future demand side and the trucking market outlook. 
for the United States for the next several months. Right. Yeah. And I mean, when we're looking at that, of course, we just kind of spoke to some of the things upstream, but also those downstream impacts, the consumer conditions are all going to have a really big, uh, play a really big role in all of this. Yeah. The macroeconomic conditions are literally <laughs> like the single most important thing that we can look at moving forward right. from a forecasting, but also a, uh, the standpoint of how do people feel or react <laughs> to the market, you know, talking about feelings and, I mean, and, and, and that's, oh. that's what they're doing right now. They're, 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 <laughs> When you don't have stability, yeah. you start to reach out with your feelings. <laughs> exactly right. Just like the Jedi. So <laughs> uh, let's let's talk about the first article here in uh, News and Novice. This comes from FleetOwner.com. I got sent this article by people all over the place uh, this week. Um, exodus of uh, fleets reaches historic levels in Q1. U.S. data shows um, record fleet exits, <laughs> I mean, is the story here. And they, they put a chart in here. It's based on FTR's research. And it's basically just FMCSA data that just shows the number of trucking revocations. So basically reinstatements, uh, revocations are, you know, minus reinstatements is the chart that they use here. And yeah, they're high. <laughs> so they've been high, but they've been on the rise, surprisingly, since the middle of 2022. <laughs> What a shock. <laughs> so is this saying that there is too many trucks moving to freight out there right now? Is that, is that? I mean, this is this is revocation. So, I, I mean, it is what it is. The, yes, they're high. But the problem with this data point, it's not it's not problematic. It's not wrong. It's not inaccurate. But the problem is, is that you don't you need a lot of context to derive any kind of insight from this. First thing you need to know is, well, yes, net revocations were at all time highs. Mm -hmm. But capacity was also probably the highest it's ever been. <laughs> gotcha. uh, don't know that. I mean, if you look at FMCSA data, that's true too. <laughs> uh, we we have we obviously track that as well. But when you're talking about revocations, it's always like, okay, people are leaving the market. And I think the real takeaway for me here is that they are accelerating. The trend is accelerating. So the conditions aren't getting better for carriers out there. They're getting worse. You're seeing capacity. It's been in a correction for a while. The absolute figure is almost useless <laughs> right? Uh, in this situation. So, I mean, do you have any problem or takeaway from that? It, the only thing that I'm really kind of interested in is, of course, there's been this question, uh, of course, with some of Craig Fuller's article a little bit earlier on about um, when are we going to see more bankruptcies or, or failures, things like that. And really curious to see how it kind of turns out within the freight space or supply chain with um, bankruptcies versus uh, consolidation and then smaller operations really kind of rolling up into larger uh, care or larger fleets and really how that's all going to play out. But that's one of the big things I'm waiting to watch and see here. Well, uh, basically, OIDA comes out with a statement in this article says, in short, there are too many trucks for the amount of freight in the market right now. <laughs> there you go. Article's done. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think that's the point. Uh, but then Avery Vice, um, FTR analyst uh, basically says, my message is spot rates are done moderating. I'm going to go ahead and defend Avery a little bit here. I thought the same thing a few weeks ago. <laughs> uh, and that was, but that was based on the data. <laughs> the, the Where we kind of have differences here is that he gives the reasoning of we're not likely to see any further decline. We probably have seen the bottom, certainly in refrigerated, Drive man may have bottomed out. Flatbed is still strong. 
okay, that there's no, there's no data point there. Yeah. There's nothing there. And maybe he did go on in some of his research to say that, but that like we hear this and we've talked about this recently. Most people are trying to apply historical experience forward, <laughs> which is valid when we are in a stable, non-transitory environment. Yes. <laughs> when we're talking about the era of 2010 to 2016, you, it was an echocardiogram of activity. <laughs> we are nowhere close to that right now. So we cannot just say, you know what? I feel like things are getting lower. We have a forecast, the NTIF. We forecast our NTIF. It predicted a bottom in April. <laughs> it missed it. <laughs> and that's okay, but it's based on objective data sources. <laughs> right. So, you know, and, and I was thinking in April, we saw this flatlining. NTI was flatlining. It didn't move off a floor. And then all of a sudden, early May, it dropped again. Unexpectedly. But normally when things flatline in the data, okay, we're leveling off. Right. However, conditions in this market, let's go ahead and pull it up, the NTIF and NTI. So looking at the white line, we've got NTI. Uh, and you see there, and the green line is the historical 28-day forecast. And you see there was a trough in April that it forecast and it, and it missed on. But it might have been calling the bottom a little too quickly in the way that if you look at the actual in white in May, it drops down there before making a little bit of a hook and an upturn. And now it's moderated over the next, you know, 28 days. Yeah. You see the blue line there is the next 28-day forecast. So this looks like a seasonality, a seasonal influence of May, <laughs> of Memorial Day, of Road Check Week, which we are in right now having a minor hit to capacity overall in the spot market. So I don't see anything here that makes me think that things could not fall further, though. I think there's some seasonal pressure that show that in the near term, yes, things are not going to get worse in the near term, but there's nothing that says, hey, down the road, things couldn't bottom. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely looking. It's, it's, it's interesting because when we're looking for catalysts that are say, hey, this is really going to drive volumes or really kind of big things are going to say, hey, this is really going to start to uh, turn the corner for us. Is You have to kind of start to look at things almost with blinders on and yeah. ignore a lot of other variables in order to really kind of grasp like, hey, this is what could really turn us around. And then at that point, it's really kind of you're not really doing true analysis and right. just looking and almost operating on hope. And, uh, and I certainly, yeah. And I certainly don't want to discount anybody that, that puts out their, their forecast. Forecasting is <laughs> almost a fool's errand for those of us <laughs> that are, uh, you know, willing to make that leap. And I certainly do not, I'm not critical of anybody trying to put their best foot forward in this, in this regard. And, uh, later on, Avery Weiss actually says, okay, the question is what happens now? Uh, it appears that spot rates are bottoming out in the near term, and we will keep seeing lower diesel prices. If freight volume remains solid, which is their outlook, <laughs> we could start to see uh, failures moderate and new entries stay high. That would essentially leave in place that shift in capacity from large carriers to small carriers that we saw from around mid-2020 to early 2022. I don't agree, uh, but, uh, and, and I think there's a lot of reason, you know, he has his reasons, and that's fair. Uh, but I don't know that there's any reason to think that demand will recover outside of this ongoing stale argument that inventories will right size. Hmm. And I, I like, what are your thoughts there? So let me. So 
I want to make sure I understand it is correctly is that um, <clears throat> there's going to be an influx to rebuild or draw in more inventories, and that's going to be the so the the whole inventory argument is that right now they're letting their inventories draw down because they had too much. And, you know, we talked to Dr. Rogers about this. He mentioned this, you know, it was a very divergent and up and downstream activity last week. And the, the point is, is once the inventory draws down to a certain level, they will now start ordering freight again on a regular cadence because they have now got their inventory to where they think they need it to be. We're, we're, we're still oversupplied in a lot of inventories and, Arguably, the, I, I think the question is, does demand stay where it is today to make that cadence predictable? Yeah. Okay. Now I, I got that that aspect. So the thing that kind of gets me is even if all those things hold true mm -hmm. and we do see cadence for that inventory is who's buying the inventory. Mm -hmm. And if who's buying that inventory, if it's say more downstream for consumers or um, upstream for businesses, do they have the runway to continue to make right. purchases? And so um, mm -hmm. I can see that the thought and the argument for it, but my concern comes from if consumers have that the endurance for that mm -hmm. and if um, corporations are going to continue to be able to operate through with their margins mm -hmm. in order to confidently say that, hey, I'm going to need this on a regular basis. And if they do, is it going to be scaled down mm -hmm. from what it was historically? Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's the question yeah. <laughs> is where are we going to be? Was that demand going to stay stable throughout the year to where they can then start ordering at that cadence, maybe demand drops and then they don't order inventory. And so the cycle extends. And I think the question here is how long is this cycle? Mm -hmm. How long do we stay in a period where rejection rates are at two and a half percent? We know that it's not sustainable. And I think anybody can say that that's, you know, it's going to end yeah. at some point. And the only way for a, for a trucking operator to go is up from here, because this is arguably one of the worst markets to navigate in history. Right. Um, with spot rates being below cost and they just don't have the utilization that they used to. The next uh, article comes from the trucker and it cites more of some similar data and research uh, ACT uh, economists in here going on to say that they're starting to see some recovering demand fundamentals and also capacity starting to tighten. I think that's a little misleading um, in the way that they're stating capacity begins to tighten. When you're looking at capacity in general, like the revocation data we just saw, if you're looking at it from that standpoint, yes, it is tightening, but it's not tight. <laughs> It's, it's, it's not getting more abundant. <laughs> so I think that's a little misleading in the way that that comes across. Uh, but there are some, what I would consider a little optimistic. <laughs> it scales towards the optimistic side of the outlook. Um, with produce season arriving late this year and the freight market likely passing the peak of the D stock inventory, uh, freight demand is near the bottom said Tim DeNoyer, ACT Research Vice President and Senior Analyst. Uh, with inflation easing, again, I don't, <laughs> I don't see that. Uh, improving, and, and maybe it's easing versus last year, which, accurate. Um, and improving real income trends, I don't know about that. Are there improving real income trends? Um, wages increased, mm -hmm. I believe. Okay. But um, 
savings rates are still <laughs> far too low. Um, credit card debt still piling up. Mm-hmm. And um, random tidbit there, this thing I always have to kind of throw in there in this bringing in of inventory. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's also going to be inflationary building, of course, because of a weaker US dollar compared to where it was a year ago. And so I think we'll see some easing inflationary trends maybe, but I don't think it's the end of inflation by a long shot here. Yeah. And and we've seen the charts. Tony Mulvey's pulled up a chart uh, numerous times where you can see, yes, real income by itself is on the rise, but inflation is rising faster still. So that's actually not or I guess not real income, but wages, wage growth is not actually growing faster than inflation at this point uh, in aggregate. And so again, it's going to allow for a bit more holiday spending this year versus last year. I I, I don't get that one at all. Um, their consumer debt levels are increasing. Uh, unemployment is starting to creep in. We're seeing jobless claims start to rise. Wage growth not keeping up with inflation. The housing market is is arguably getting harder to navigate. Yeah. There's just, I just can't see any data that says consumer conditions improve the rest of the year. Yeah. One of the things I'm interested in for this year is going to be around um, the whole, you know, Christmas in the middle of summer, sometimes Christmas in July, Amazon Prime Day and e-commerce holidays in the middle of the year and really their approach to it this time around because um, before previous times we were talking about how that was going to impact the market, what we're going to see this time in 2023. I'm curious to see how Amazon sets the tone with these holidays or this holiday and really what they're looking to really kind of get rid of, what they're looking to do with positioning, because we've already seen, you know, some Amazon, um, you know, locations start to trim down on their uh, headcount overall. And so when you're seeing someone that's operating at the highest level, start to make some of those moves, it's kind of setting the tone of and expectations of how this upcoming, I would say, summer e-commerce holiday season is going to look like. Yeah. And I mean, I'm looking through, you know, FreightWaves.com articles and the layoff reports are are still incoming and mostly they're transportation, obviously, but uh, we've looked at other companies too, Disney, uh, some service sector industries starting to show some layoffs, um, which that was the part that was propping up the economy. Uh, the GDP growth largely was being propped up by the services industry recovery there in the last half of the year and early part of this year. That seems to be unwinding a little bit. Do you agree? Yeah. Um, and, 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 and it's going to be, a, of course, a tale of two consumers. You have the consumer that is um, maybe they earn anywhere from like 85 to well over six figures a year. And times are a little pockets a little bit tighter maybe they are carrying credit card debt whatever it might be but they can still find a way to spend they can still find a way to justify all right this vacation or this type of experience when you're looking at lower incomes it's a much different story um yeah. i'm looking at uh especially those that have a higher propensity to spend on uh discretionary goods instead of you know hey i'm gonna throw this into saving or at retail investment anything like that and so i think we look at two very different consumers and the bad thing is, is the consumer that is, you know, lower income, um, likely is going to be working in leisure hospitality. And so if we start to see a type of those services start to get a significant shakeup, it's going to be a huge chunk of those consumers that are really kind of pushing forward a lot of these, you know, yeah. purchases, discretionary spending, and that's going to be taken away. And then you're going to start to see, I think, a big shift. And I think the demographic of 
those jobs that are open that are going to start to come down and jobs that have been lost already. Yeah. So the, the point being here is that when you're reading about demand side conditions looking better and because of inventory levels, that's only one thing and it may not be enough to overcome the other overriding forces. Craig's article, uh, an unusually terrible freight market may get a lot worse, focuses on student loans um, and how that debt is coming due <laughs> uh, in July and how that actually has, it's a 7% uh, hit on GDP. I had no idea. Yes. So when those payments start to come back in, that's another, that's the younger uh, segment. And, and because it's such a huge hit, if there is, say, you know, any kind of federal aid here, mm -hmm. it's a form of quantitative easing. It's inflationary building because you're essentially letting someone off for a debt that they would have to pay. So there is no right answer, although there's been so many wrong decisions already made that... Darned if you do, <laughs> darned if you don't. So when you're looking at these forecasts, take them, make sure you understand what you're looking at. Demand does not have, has a lot more downside risk later in the year. Uh, than upside capacity growth, however, definitely coming down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and happy birthday to our very own Christian Thomas. Oh, happy birthday. Shout out to you. Wow. Had no idea. Amazing. Should have taken the day. <laughs>